4: Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of Said dot com. Joining me for a uh, kind of impulsive podcast, uh, Mr Chris Bird and Mr Phil Shaw. Hello, well, hello, hello, hello. How are you? Hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello. hello, hello. How um, how are you? <laughs> not not too bad. Uh, we we met actually, did we not at Molyneux, watching uh, we at England get England get dismantled by uh, hilarious those Hungarians.
0: <laughs> they were they were great. Nice meal beforehand. Great shout by that for that one, by the way.
4: Uh, you're welcome. I know all the culinary, <laughs> culinary delights of oh. <laughs> Sorry, of, uh, Wolverhampton. <laughs> oh, ah. Uh. Wonders what a quick Google can do uh, on on the way in. I went to Budapest for the Euros to see Holland versus uh, Czech Republic, so it was good to actually see their team, and uh, I thought they were very tidy. They, they just set up a trap england fell in it four
0: times dismantled <laughs> them on the break
4: <laughs> and just they just they looked really good when they went on the break you just thought ah uh, if England aren't clinical uh, this could be a long day I think I said at the start of the game uh, my prediction was 2-0 to Hungary but wow, the, I mean the I second one off. went in we were like yeah. well yeah. Yeah. and then the third one, like, burst off, into fits oh, for why didn't I put money on this because the odds would have been pretty good because you know how uh, the British media and uh, betting agencies just think all over European countries apart from France Spain and Germany are just like backwater places oh come and, on uh, sure
5: the, the poor England players they were tired it's been a long season I mean it's not. It's not. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's not as if this wouldn't be the time that the World Cup would be being played anyway, or in a, in a proper year. Exactly. And they'd yeah. had so much
0: travel to do, you know, from St George's Park <laughs> to Wolverhampton.
4: The excuses <laughs> never that came again. Out were really going to be
0: playing at the Custard Bowl, which most isn't of it. Great. I think it boils down
4: just to mindset. Yeah, 100%, I mean, can be asked. They're not bothered. Hungarians are like, but they're they're well up for Let's it because they're actually representing. They're representing, they've been told how what a bunch of racists they are for the past few months.
0: And England fans were singing that, weren't they, during their outfit? And
4: anthem. England fans are singing it. So all you're doing is you're prodding the bull, and they're giving them something to uh, fight for. And fight they did. And they did, and they did a good job. And anybody who watched them in the Euros, uh, and uh, even in uh, previous games in the Nations League, would know that they're not a bad outfit. They're definitely... A, 10 out of 10 for effort every game. Yeah. I mean, they got a couple of draws, didn't they, against uh, the big boys in the Euros. And we,
0: and we saw why Villa won't be spending 60 million or, or however what it's, you know, it's going to be for Calvin Phillips, who was probably one of the worst performances I've seen in an England shirt in a long time. Wow, he was shit.
4: Calvin Phillips is just, he always has been. Uh, apart from when Opportunity knocked, that was the only time Villa were interested when he was still in the championship and Villa had got promoted. And then they th- thought, they dropped the ladder down to the championship and they said, Do you want to get on this ladder? We'll take you straight up to the Premier League now that you don't have to mess around with Leeds. He, he thought, No, Leeds, fair play to him for his loyalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was it, really, because now. You know, we've seen his injury record. We never see him uh, when Leeds play Villa. That's why right. he's always bloody yeah, injured. That's so why he's going to mindset isn't he? They? they can have a decent player play twenty games a season. That you know they rotate so much. Villa can't. Villa are p- dropping bloody sixty million, which they would never do on Phillips. Uh, they need somebody who's going to be captain, world beater. You know, etc. etc. Uh, the next day, I went to see uh, Billy Eilish Put on a real show. show. The arena to see a real show with a real and, crowd, <laughs> uh, real crowd of uh, young teenagers who uh, were well up for it. Actually, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of arena gigs. I've got to admit, and I've, you know, I've seen some big names there, but uh, I thought she put on a better show. She actually thought about uh, an arena and trying to make an arena as. Uh, intimate as possible i mean you know slick great aesthetic on the veg- visuals and production and then she, you know she had a little crane stage at the back that she popped up to uh, entertain the cheap seats as well so uh, you know a lot of consideration to make sure everybody got some bang for the buck but i'm sure you know people who if they don't really know about her or you know you get this kind of misogynist uh well music fans who are just into lad groups uh, they might uh, have a Bit of a surprise if they see Glastonbury, they might. They're uh, she's fucking brilliant. First impressions may change. I, I, you know, increasingly, I think she's a once in a generation uh, talent, she's really smart, just, you know, super smart, super street wise, and in across, you know, culture, well into a yeah. hip hop and everything, and respected in those circles as well. Her brother's super smart and, you know, great uh, producer and you've got this kind of rare dynamic of brother and sister like working it's hard to replicate such yeah. that you know such a relationship it's like, like telepathy, that that's isn't it almost it is yeah you've got so much uh, shorthand and nuances to draw on and to be homeschooled as well it's it is a kind of a one in a once in a lifetime uh, talent and uh, and it, you know it should be embraced and she and, speaks uh, to
0: her fanbase you know that she has got one of the most almost like a cult-like fan base of any artist out there at the moment
4: and I saw many of them drop (laughs) (laughs) Drop literally they were being carried out yeah uh, I mean, she was very good. It was like Gen- General Eilish from the stage directing security yeah. all the time. Every time she spotted some trouble, they were in there uh, pulling them out. I like that.
0: Was, was it Molyneux? Molling- you were crushing people's feet. Yeah,
4: uh, yeah. But uh, no, I was sitting at the front, uh, at the side of the stage. Uh, like on very much the front seat, so behind me they were basically piling up the bodies <laughs> the uh the ambulance crew there were treating every t- every so often I'd look down there'd be like a pile of bodies there they were trying to resuscitate, but now it was a top show, and uh it should be uh uh, a good Glastonbury. Uh, I mean, the good thing about that is because it's mainly girls uh, at that gig. Uh, no cues for the gents. No cues for the bars. It was uh, it was Wicked. brilliant. It was like being in a private box almost. straight to the bar, straight <laughs> to the toilet. No no problems whatsoever.
0: I take it you'll be wearing your Billie Eilish shirt down at Villa Park next year, then?
4: Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just deciding what kind of colour hair to. I'm just waiting for her next hair change. Uh, see what Fire it's. Up in blue see she, roots.
0: There's a good look. See
4: what direction she's going in <laughs> September and then I'll, I'll, or August and I'll, I'll follow suit. Phil Shaw Monaco of the UK, what's going on? My sister was there actually, driving through it oh. to uh, oh. go to Dublin Phil uh, Shaw has a new job had, earlier oh. in oh. the week, oh, I, he hasn't started, he's got to serve his 8 weeks now. Yeah, I do, I have to do my,
5: my time time, um, so basically I'm, I'm getting ignored from the hierarchy and everything else, so, and, and, and now I know how Grealish feels, It'd be interesting if it well, had made him. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I'm just a <laughs> whole fan base that you've been with for years now, you suddenly turned on you and you just sort of you're just going. Uh, you're just going through the motions, you know, like that open training uh, session. Uh, so I'm a bit like. Uh, have you have uh,
0: you got some dweeb with a video camera stood outside your window all day? Just no, in but case the news the news uh, changes.
4: I think I've a couple of blisters in my heels, so I don't think I can go in tomorrow. It's the spirit. <laughs> Anyway, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Uh, Coming up in the show, uh, obviously no games to talk about, so uh, we'll go through the villain news, the three points as usual, and of course the media muppets as well. uh, Before uh, just having a general uh, discussion on the state of play in the transfer market at the moment, without going too hypothetical or silly. Uh, Right, let's get this going with some news. Uh, What news should we talk about? Should we talk about the train
0: strikes or villain news? Definitely not talk about the train strikes.
4: Right. Time for some villa news Alright what's been happening what's been happening what's been happening The season ticket waiting list is finally being tested. Uh, the club Ooh. did come out with a uh, with a statement saying there was uh, over twenty six thousand and uh, I think there was i don 't know between two and a half three thousand seats probably didn 't renew from what i 've been hearing, so uh, there 'll be a few uh, new people uh. the thing is i don 't want to hype this up too much because uh, i i'm i 'm not really impressed by a the price increase the whole kind of concept of a season ticket where you nowadays you you pay up front. And then they shift around those dates so much without any real, uh, consideration to fans. You know, the, the Premier League and the TV broadcasters, you know, sometimes they were three weeks late from the date that they actually said they would try to, uh, they announced that they would try to keep to, to at least give supporters some, uh, heads up. I think, uh, that list will probably settle down and then, uh, When it comes to selling tickets, when we've actually got a stadium of fifty thousand, I think you know most people who want them will probably get them. You would think so, yeah. Especially if we have another season like we have the last couple couple of seasons. I mean, they they are really keep
0: rising as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, with the economic situation, Villa the hierarchy better hope that they get it right on the pitch next season because uh, the maths probably won't work out if they don't. Nope. Right, Premier League fixtures are out. Have we spoken about this? We have uh, not. We have not uh, Yeah. no Villa begin away at home against Bournemouth. First home game against Everton. This seems very familiar from recent history. Know, yeah. It's a bit whatever, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean August's not the worst of starts to the season to be fair. It's kind of, you, you, you zoom out the overall fixture list and you kind of go Okay. I, I, run, I run the hardest run of fixtures would have been November through the winter period, and of course then you've got a massive break for the World Cup that breaks it all up. So thanks very much for that.
4: There's no managerial bear traps, is no, there where, where, the, where oh you've shit. got to play the top yeah.
0: top four in
4: two weeks. <laughs> yeah. In a space of two weeks or things like that. So uh Gerard should be okay uh if he's doing, you know, reasonably well. The only thing thing but you know it can work either way is uh, as soon as we come back from that uh, Qatar break we have to play Liverpool and Spurs back to back yeah yeah boxing but, day at home yeah but both teams will be cold as in coming out of the cold and uh festive so you know it's a festive period so you know it might be a bit of a a
0: leveller so to speak yeah. so uh, we will see the good thing going into sort of the turn of the year actually if you look through December into January is actually you've got three of the four games at the turn of the year you're at home which is, yeah. which is quite rare
4: but we're shit at home Chris this Bud. is true <laughs> this
0: is true or were
4: anyway, so yeah, Gerard hopefully will uh, sort that bit out because uh, that's letters letters down
0: and also, if we're uh, if we are in the business end of anything towards the end of the season, we've got to go to Wolves, Tottenham at home, Liverpool away, and then Brighton at home in May. That might be a pretty difficult end of the season.
4: Yeah, well, uh, I think if we're up and around. Uh where we where,
0: where, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves let's not get ahead of
4: ourselves two games have already been announced uh, for tv broadcast those are the two amazon prime games which will be uh, the fulham uh, trip in october and then uh, the liverpool boxing day game as well uh, a bit of a reshuffle uh, in terms of the uh, academy coaches uh set up with three new ones coming in Three new academy coaches have come in. Uh,
0: well, Cars was previously was the head of coaching at Blackburn. Um, Nash has been working with the FA of Ireland as their high-performance coach, previously at Ipswich. Is it Ate Ate? I do yeah, He's joined from Ipswich Town as well as under-18s head coach and assistant academy manager. We'll see how those boys get on over
4: time. Euro under-19s have, has kicked off with Carney uh, Chuck Mueka Aaron Ramsey and Tim Arogbunem. They're all They've starters. been starting. Yeah, yeah all starters. Uh, Chuck scored a decent goal against uh, Austria, but you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's lots, lots of people reading into these games as being definitive to whether Chuck Moeka's
0: future is. Uh, I would say, why is he even playing in it if he's that good? Why is he playing age group football for England when he's supposed to be a Premier League starter, but that's yeah. just me being yeah. cynical?
4: Yeah. But he's the reality is he is he's not there yet so he doesn't deserve actually the coverage that he gets uh, uh, it's not yet he, he's going to have to be fucking good to get into this uh, next uh, season's villa team so if he's if he's not signing i wouldn't be crying about it oh, no, you just have to compare him that he's always going to be compared with
5: Bellingham and look where he was at the same sort of cycle development
4: wise yeah so uh, yeah on, on on him you know rain him in, uh i mean my concentration is more about uh, I'm more interested in people that do at the moment, and that's your Cameron Archers and uh, Jacob Ramses, and you know whether they're going to uh, make it, and they're actually uh, up there on the ledge at the moment. Yeah. Right, I think it's time for a bit of media muppets. Right, Phil, what's in the media muppet trough this
5: week? Well, this week we're going with the creative accounting of Ashley Priest in the Birmingham Mail. And uh, he went with this headline: Aston Villa are poised for a 20 million pounds cash injection. as Stephen Gerrard plots new signings. He then proceeds to list the players he expects to leave and his price tag on them. So we have Trezeguet at three million, El Ghazi at five, Gilbert at four, Kalinic at one, and Keenan Davis at eight. Now. The mathematicians amongst us will realise that adds that adds up to twenty one million and not twenty, but <laughs> n- not not to be too not to be too nitpicky on it there. Has he not learned anything from last season? He, he makes the claim in the article that these seals are for Jared's transfer kitty. Yet last season, the hundred million um, Villa received for the Males' favourite player and still favourite player Jack Grealish was spent before he barely had left the club. I mean, nobody knows the leavers list except Gerard, and he's also leaving plenty yeah. of other fringe players out, but I suppose they'll they'll need more space to fill, making up transfer fees for Wesley, Traore, Sanson, and others are, could be leaving.
4: I mean, a, a lot of, uh, I think, the, the fan base at large, uh, especially what you see on social media, f- do forget that uh, we've been buying players, and uh, there's this kind of... Uh, mentality that as soon as you sell a player that money is straight into the transfer kitty even though you've spent you know multiple millions uh, in the weeks preceding
0: it and made multiple losses on some of those players that you've bought aka yeah. Wesley we won't be making fuck all on that's going to look absolutely grim on the P&L sheet in it uh, three
4: three million for Trezeguet uh, I mean the price quote is but 3.5 euros which so you know he, he obviously gone off that uh, fair enough if we get five million for El Ghazi I think that that move to Everton. I mean, it's not not the player's fault. I think that's taken a bit of value off him. Actually, if he was still in the Villa squad, getting a few games, you know, other teams would be rationalizing. Well, that Villa t- that Villa squad's getting better now. They have got Coutinho. No wonder he's out on the fringes. But look what he did for them. You know, in the playoff final, blah blah blah. And I think you you could be looking at five plus million. But uh, that might be a get him out the door kind of job. I think so.
0: I think so. With those, at two.
4: whatever price. Frederick Gilbert. If we got four million, I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm.
0: It might be that you, with him, I, th- I think we'll see him through preseason. A bit like we did last year. You know, we played through. Oh, you'll pre-season see most of them until them you, you sell scored, them. Yeah, yeah. you got
4: to. I mean, it always happens. They come back for pre-season, You know, ghosts from the past who've been out alone. They come to the preseason, but you've got to obviously get them in there to get them uh, yep. fit and uh, polish them up. <laughs> <laughs> Put some lipstick on the pig and then try to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> uh kalanich he's on such big wages i think uh relative to what anybody would probably pay him that uh would be lucky to get any feedback from him
0: yeah that's just gonna be one of those pretty keenan
4: davis is the interesting one because there's no way anybody's going to spend 15 million on him no fucking way which is was the first price mooted around 10 million at a stretch. I mean, I think uh, what Priest uh, Ashley said there with Davis around eight million. I think that's like a that's in a good case scenario, I think. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Villa would be reasonably happy with that, as would most of us, and you're hoping that Forrest take a bite of that. But I was looking at you know, I was arguing the case of Ollie Watkins, which we'll probably talk about later on, people dismissing him, you know, the usual kind of unpatient haters. And you're thinking, well, with him, in, what is Villa's striking situation? Uh, you know, there's rumors they're trying to get another person in. I don't know if that's just to keep the clickbait pit fires going. But uh, you've got Ings Watkins, like pretty decent. Then you've got Archer. If he uh, impresses in preseason, he'll definitely, uh, I think the first lane for him would be January onwards, if that's going to happen. I think he'll get a crack because you've got the cup games and all that kind of uh, paraphernalia. So, you know, you'll get minutes. And then I was thinking, well, normally you have a fourth strike. uh, You want options. You want a different look. If you're chasing the game, you might want to go a bit more direct. You want to have a big, big man. And I was thinking, well, Davis does give us a different dimension. He's he's not your archetypal big man in terms of getting his head on things and, you know, really uh, getting amongst it on set plays. But he is... uh, once he's got the ball, he's uh, kind of a force, isn't he? And he's uh, it's kind of a muscular presence. Yeah,
5: you mean, well, we might've, I might have poked a bit of fun at him before, but if he's fit and if he decides to shoot, there's nothing wrong with Keenan Davis. You would have him in the squad, but it's... It seems to me, he, he has noticed when he was playing for Forest, he did have a bit more of that current instinct. He drove at the net and he did
0: score a couple of goals that way, just having yeah. a shot. Conf- play- it's probably the confidence yeah. that he feels. Actually, I do belong, I definitely belong at this level.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I've always had over his head was lack of predatory instinct uh, for a striker. And you, But you could label that, a, you know, a your lot. likes of hes- Hesky and, you know, people who have had big careers. Yeah.
0: Uh, Similar to someone like a Hesky, if you had him in your match, especially with your nine subs and you can use five, if you need that physical presence, which, let's be frank, we spoke about a lot of last year that we didn't have a lot of, yeah. um, as long as he's happy to be on the bench, I don't mind us going into the season with four strikers. Um, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. And he's not on astronomical of- wages, so... If you're going to get somebody else,
4: uh, you want somebody that gives you something else, so you you can change and you know. As I said, have a uh, different dynamic, a different look, Mm -hmm. and he actually does fit that bill. Even uh, and you know, he's only got better since he's had a spell at Forest because you you do need a run. He
0: was excellent in their cup run, wasn't he? When they played against Arsenal and uh, was it Leicester they beat as well? He was very good.
4: I would boil it down to my thinking on this would be from the point of view of if we don't sell him if we don't make any you know let's say a def- decent wedge let's let's go with this 8 million then it's not the worst thing to have him still around mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to loan him out you could uh, have him uh, in the squad and uh, you know actually be able to uh, play a part because he's not going to be starting but depends what he
0: wants to do as well because he could go to Forest and not be starting
4: he'll do what we goddamn well tell him to do <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, anything else,
4: uh, Mr. Shoran? I mean, uh, we, we can save kicking the uh, Football Insider uh, uh, into another day. It's probably a podcast in it itself, day. isn't it?
5: No, other than uh, people in Match Club noticed that the, the Birmingham Mail put out, was it five Grealish articles in two days? Or was it even one day? I can't remember.
4: Probably two hours. Yeah, they just, they just I mean, they're normally around like 19, 20 articles a day. This is over a period, uh, over the last week, as so, I where Stephen Gerrard, has on his Instagram been posting pictures of him on sunbed lounges floating on swimming pools and stuff. (laughs) This is a period that's not much business gets done. And there's a reason why we went in early just to free up Gerard's holiday. You know, we, we did our heavy lifting, as Chris calls it. It's not as if he's going to, like, sign Will Ferrell, who he was out with dinner with, or Will Ferrell's an agent for something. That's not going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So uh, it is kind of funny when they know in their hearts that the main business is done, and the uh, football industry, per se, is on holiday at the moment, yet they're still banging out 20 articles a day, as all the, you know these clickbait sites are. We move on. Three points. Point number one, uh, Poland have confirmed defender Rybos will not be selected for this year's world cup squad after he's uh he was playing in russia with locomotive and then he got signed uh well he transferred to spartek moscow so uh he's basically uh aligned his allegiance to the russian flag so uh the polish football association basically said uh i think he was at their training camp wasn't he uh last week and at the end of it, they basically said adios. Yeah, the coach said that due to his club situation, he would not be called up for the
5: September training camp and he'll not be taken into account for the World Cup because Poles are probably looking at it his as I mean, it was his choice. He, you know, he agreed to the transfer between two clubs, so he's definitely staying in Russia, so that's it.
4: Well, he was in Russia as it was, though. That's the thing. Yeah. So what's he going to do? If nobody wants to buy him from a Russian club. What does he do? Just boycotts it and who's going to pay him? That's called a uh, up shit creek without yeah. uh, a paddle, mm-hmm. into it? definitely. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, this in an individual circumstance that we don't uh, know the ins and outs of, but I, you can kind of understand if that's his livelihood. And, you know, he also wants to make sure he didn't get a bullet in the back of his head. Anyway, we move on. Uh, point number two, uh, the failure of the shamans. I, I mean, Peru shamans we're, were trying everything. I don't know if this is legal, but 13 Peruvian shamans were performing spiritual rituals before their uh, defeat against Australia in the World Cup playoff. What happened, Phil? Well, they were very confident,
5: the 13 Peruvian shamans. Uh, they, they had a ceremony. An unlucky number. It though, is though, unlucky. They the, the, had a ceremony where the, it included a picture of the Australian national team, and that was poked with swords, as one of the indigenous shamans like, played a, a local instrument as well. Um, the, the leader of the shamans, Walter Alacron said, we've carried a Peruvian victory ceremony. We've summoned all the shamans at a national level. There's 13 shamans because Peru plays Australia on the 13th of June. And we have foreseen Peru passing to the next round. They say Peru will be in Qatar for the World Cup because we have seen people's joy after taking ayahuasca plants, which sound great. I, I want some of these ayahuasca plants now, but I was obviously, like you said, it didn't help. Australia won 5-4. Are
4: those the hallucinogenic plants?
5: Yes, they are. I think we should just call them the the goldfish plant because they've went full goldfish, smoking nose.
4: So their credibility has taken a bit of a nosedive, hasn't it?
5: I'm sure they don't mind. Just, just a bit. Just take some more plants. That's great. We've had an octopus picking who's going to win the World Cup, I and mean, I'll, I'll go with it. the shamans over the octopus.
4: Uh, I'll go with the octopus, personally, based on uh, the evidence you've just given. Point number three, uh, apparently Brits will no longer be allowed to wear football tops and swim shorts in Mallorca resorts. I think this is mainly uh, evenings uh, to restaurants and bars, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's around Palmer Beach. One of my f- family used to live there, so I'd spend the odd summer there over a you know month or two. So I'd work there occasionally as well, just you know, in bars or whatever. And Parma was always as good as any modern European city. And then obviously you've got the shithole towns where the Brits come into into play. Yeah. But what I would say though is I remember going to see uh UB forty at the uh the football stadium there this was many years ago and uh a bit of an argument with my family they were meant to be coming they didn't come so i just went on my own went because you know i'm a music man i go to any gig on my own i don't give a shit so uh then the night you know you before you finished then it was like how the fuck am i getting home here i made no plans for this and i saw a bunch of villa shirted guys there's about eight of them got chatting with them and they're, apparently they were in a coach from their hotel to, uh, you know, to this gig. So they smuggled me on this uh, coach and uh, managed to get home all right. So uh, if it wasn't for them wearing their football tops, I would have been up Shit Creek because I wouldn't have been none the wiser that they were uh, friendly villains.
0: If the shirts hadn't given it away, of course, the accent wouldn't have either.
4: Well, you are you know, you're, there's, there's about 20,000 there. so uh, yeah, That's uh, true. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to go up to everybody and go, excuse me, are you a friendly
0: Villa fan? Oi, Ali, Ali, <laughs> see if there's any Brummies on, in the crowd.
4: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know where I stand on this. Uh...
0: Their argument is, is to reduce loutish behaviour, isn't if it? If you
4: isn't? go into a nice restaurant or uh, a decent establishment... Shouldn't I mean, be wearing a t- Villa shirt anyway. You need to... Take a good look at yourself if you think that's what you should be wearing. Uh, That's all I'm going to say on the matter. Yes, right. Let's get into uh, just a general conversation uh, in this non-structured podcast. I think I alluded to it earlier on. This is this is a period of minimal real activity. You you know, your manager who is uh, leading or your head coach or whatever Gerard calls himself is you know he's basically on the sunbed. This is his real downtime where he wants to really disconnect it's not like he will be having his mobile phone on just in case. Uh, I think he's somebody who would say, right, we've done we've done our, you know, main business. I you know, I need my time with my family. Most of the prime movers take this opportunity. It's almost like a truce, isn't it? Yeah. In the football industry yeah. across the board really. I mean, there'll be some dotting of the i's, dotting of the t's, crossing the t's or whatever, which way the round that is. Uh, in terms of agreements that were already done before, like, you know, your Spurs with Basuma, etc. But, uh, I mean, it'll start to warm up now because the players are coming back soon. But, you know, we've done our main, main, main business and now it gets into a bit more of uh, if opportunity knocks and the stars align on the, the extra players that are going to be coming in, hopefully.
0: Or, of course, you know, reactive moves in the you know unfortunate event of things like injuries or... One of the things that obviously increased this
4: sense of urgency in terms of the diego carlos uh, transfer was to make sure we'd got a a decent center back in before yeah. uh, pre-season started because of the Conza injury so there was a little bit of that i think half of it was to cover konzer half of it is to uh, right let's shake things up and uh, upgrade. not necessarily upgrade but create well upgrade but also create competition yeah, as yeah. well yeah. make focus them to to improve, give him a bit of internal competition. Mm-hmm. In terms of preseason, uh, a it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens with Cameron Archer. He's probably the main. Uh, I think he's going to get games for sure. Definitely uh, when we go to Australia.
0: Well, he's certainly the next. If, if Jacob Ramsey had his big season last season, it's the one for Archer. He's the one who's most likely to push on, isn't it? Maybe Archer, or perhaps Kessler, But I think Archer is definitely ahead of him in the in his development right now.
4: Because there's definitely a, there's definitely a path there for yeah. him with this increase in substitutes. And there's definitely, uh, you know, if, we, if we're if we starting with one up front, let's say Ollie Watkins starts, you're not necessarily having to wait for him uh, to come off or, you know, swap like for like. There's a chance if Villa are chasing the game, you know, they will bring on the second striker and that's where Archer might have a chance. And obviously I think Danny Ings will uh, have games and I'm expecting both of those strikers individually to score more goals than they did last season. Uh, I'm talking about Ings and Watkins mm-hmm. there.
3: There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: I I think the general consensus is there's quite a few, not just the the forwards, we'll we'll touch on others in a minute, but a general overall levelling up going on, you would hope. Yeah,
5: well you'd said it before, it it has to be the season of what Jared said, no excuses. So you can't have the excuse anymore of Old McGinn's covering for somebody else or... Um, I'm not you, playing in my right position oh it's another transitional season yeah. or whatever well, that's shite all that wrong position things as if they have the right players in the right positions right now you're in your own position do something
4: yeah I think I, I referenced the uh, the transition reference in something I wrote where I said this is not the Gerrard thing isn't like a bookend and it's we start again and he's ripping up the squad and starting again this is a continuation I think of our transition in terms of this squad this is this is the same team Do you know like we used to talk about Alex Ferguson built three teams or whatever I think this is very much the same team and Gerard's not coming in to rip it up and change it it's because we've got some good talent in that it just needs uh
0: harnessing if that's the right tweaking
4: and and and, yeah the main word there as you said is harnessing because uh we keep saying so much upside we haven't seen the best of Watkins we haven't seen the best of Buendia we haven't seen the best of Coutinho consistently we haven't seen the best of Danny Ings
0: and then there's guys we've seen that were pretty good, and we think that maybe they've got another gear. You know, I think Ramsey can get better, Cash can get better. I think Luka Dina before the end of the season was probably our best performer through the end of April and May. I think he he can yep. get better now he's settled.
4: Luka Dina, Cash, you, you want that kind of consistency that hopefully uh, is around that 7.58
0: constantly. Yeah, and of course we're, we're hoping that they can get you know Kamara up to up to scratch with the tempo of well the intensity of a the training and then the games. Because he's going to yeah. have to hit the ground running,
4: and you know he's a key that we're we're hoping fits yeah. the lock in terms of making Villa a bit more of a fluid team and, and creating more chances for the likes of Watkins. Yes. You know, speaking of Watkins, uh, you know, I was seeing a lot of bullshit online. Well, first of all, there's a lot of bullshit uh, in the uh, the media about you know. Originally, it was West Ham, and then you've got Newcastle fans thinking they can just cherry pick anybody's strikers. But the you know the idea that uh, West Ham would come along and just take whoever they wanted out the Villa team as well was like you know ridiculous. Considering uh, and it, you know it's it's public knowledge the intent of our owners who and are wealthier uh, than West Hams, by the way. Yeah, and you know, there's a track record there with the Milwaukee Bucks in in terms of Wes Edens, in terms of having a, a blueprint template of what he's done before, of changing a a team that nobody had any expectations of to get them at the top of the tree. And as Purcellow was said in the you know the last uh, f- football consultation group, and I've obviously put it out there, you know, the aim of Villa is to be the best of the rest initially, seventh, or eighth, and then from that pivot you can crack into the uh, the top six and best of the rest means finishing above west ham so you're hardly going to sell your best assets to west ham so that nonsense was happening and then you've been seeing it a lot uh, towards the end of the season as well i mean you know Watkins, you know, missed the odd one-on-one and missed chances, but, you know, all the big strikers missed chances. If you look at the big chances, missed, uh,
0: God, like Andy Cole's record. when I mean, he was a, yeah, but you
4: know, last guy. season, you know, the best, most chances missed right up there is like Kane and Mo Salah, but you know, they're getting more chances. That's the thing. And, uh, If that team gets a bit more fluid and they know what they're doing and we have a system that starts to work, then uh, it will be Watkins getting on the end of things rather than having to run in the channels and everything to actually create attacks and uh, then be in a position where he can't get on the end of things.
0: Well, just clinicalness in general would probably be the theme we're going to take forward into next season. Like, You want to be more clinical in both penalty areas with your decision-making, your final ball or whatever it's going to be. Get your shit together in both penalty areas, and I'm sure, will be a good side.
4: Yeah, because Watkins, I mean, 100% in the Premier League for getting into double figures. And yeah. there's not many players that can... You know, Danny Ings, like three times he's done got into double figures in you know i don't know how many eight seasons
0: and this is a guy who's not been playing in a brilliant side southampton have been generally a sort of low to mid table side you know Yota
4: for liverpool scored 15 goals that's the most that's the first time he's been in double figures three seasons for wolves never got into double figures for league goals mm-hmm. uh gabriel Jesus for manchester city uh i think how many seasons? is he six seasons i think he's had for city Never scored more goals than Watkins. Hardly, I think, uh, uh, hardly ever got into double figures as well.
0: And we and we saw Watkins in his first season, you know, the, the Liverpool hat trick and, and other examples where you think, yeah, he's finishing when he's on when he's on form and he's got that bit of belief and momentum. He just need, yeah, he just needs confidence and get that instinct back. Needs the kick, kick start and he'll be fine. That hat
4: trick against Liverpool, we're all rubbing our hands because yeah. there was a guy with instinct. It was like bang into Strike the goals. into the net. And in that first season, he hit woodwork seven times, which is a ridiculous amount. Yeah. So uh, you know, you only need a f- few of those. Going in, then you're suddenly getting very close to that twenty goal a season figure. Yeah, you just look at his two goals against Brighton this year, home
5: and away, both them clinical finishes. You can't you, you can't have a player that does that. I think that and you know, not rhythm. The problem comes with, like you said, the number of chances that he gets. If Watkins maybe only get one or two chances a game, that's what sticks in people's head whenever they leave
0: the game. Oh, Watkins missed that one. Well, there's only one, he, was only one yeah, chance yeah. he got. He doesn't yeah, get the just, chance to um, rattle three or four in. Yep, yeah, lest we forget, you know, we, we talked about it a lot in the championship when we got promoted. The the number of goals Tammy Abraham scored was impressive. The number of missed missed chances to score those goals was also pretty high.
4: Yeah, he was like a one in four shot man, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, that was a lower league level, so we had I a, lot more a lot of chances. Yeah, we had a lot more chances and uh, big difference. This is, the thing about Watkins it impresses me. There's no lost cause when no. Watkins is about. Even if he's chasing and and there's like two three defenders there, there's a chance that he can get through it and, and get a pass off or you know create something from it.
0: And you you know you you feel like he's in the game. Um, you know even if you're not playing, where you think you know he can make something happen. And he, he's not sort of a um, you're not carrying him. I don't think his work rate is so good that he offers other stuff. It was always yeah. a willing runner. he chase to the end, you know, to the end of the earth. We used to say it a lot uh, over the years about
4: insert name into blank. You know, the centre forward was isolated. Yeah, Watkins doesn't get ice because he comes looking for it and he he tries to make things happen, which is uh, kind of a revelation. But as I said, we need uh, the other players to do that and him to just pop up on the end of things. The argument from uh, a few people I spotted was, uh, yeah, we need to, to get a proven go- uh, Premier League goalscorer in to replace Watkins. Good one. And so I started looking at the last couple of seasons or so. Uh, so let's see if we can find a proven Premier League goalscorer. <laughs> there literally doesn't exist. We're talking about one that would come to Villa this summer. Most of them are, you know, it's Kane, it's Salah. Uh, Mane's buggered off, obviously, to buy Munich. You know, the- Thank
0: God for us, by the way.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was good news. These are out of our reach because they're not coming to Villa full stop. Vardy, I mean, he's getting on now. Is he 35? He's, he's not, not coming to Villa. Well,
0: he'll retire at Leicester, you would think.
4: So then you're looking at some of the other players. Watkins, a couple of seasons ago, was like eighth highest scorer. Last season, you're thinking, well, he only got 11. Let's see what who's above him. And, you know, it's your Manchester City boys, you know, De Bruyne, Mares. You know, they're not coming to Villa. They're not even center forwards. Zaha has scored... Double figures three times in can't remember how many you know it's between it's about six between six or eight seasons and you managed it three times the maximum he scored is fourteen
0: and he's not an out and out striker
4: and he's not an out and out striker so there's not actually a player who's played like the last two, three seasons that you could, you know, compare to uh, Watkins
0: that exists. Unless you're sort of pulling the rabbit out of the hat like we did with the Benteke, which we hoped we were going to do with Wesley. It didn't happen, but you're in those territories where there isn't like an obvious choice. We're changing the
4: subject. We are talking about proven Premier League scorers in the last couple of seasons, and... There's no such thing that would come to Villa, no. so this this lazy argument that somebody can go, oh yeah, we need to replace Watkins with You know, it's like, well, you're just saying something that doesn't exist, and that is the fact of the matter. So you know, sit down,
5: basically. Yeah, I think yeah. They're, stu- they're stuck. They're stuck in the past. They're th- whenever whenever they're writing this and they're thinking proven Premier League goal scorers, they're thinking sure they're thinking Andy Cole. If you're going back when every I,
0: team had a 20 yeah, goals a season striker. When
5: they did, they don't. Yeah. Teams don't play with a 20 goal season striker anymore. I mean, Salah's not a
4: striker. And he's the top scorer. So yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Because yeah, Watkins Sun's not a striker. Just on
0: Sun's out in the left.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Watkins didn't even play as a striker, does he? Well, he's, not, right. he's not an out and out nine, I wouldn't have said. Ings is probably the closest we've got to a number nine, and we've got probably one of the best we're going to get at our level.
4: Yeah, that's what I said. I said if you go back three seasons, there was an out and out proven Premier League striker because you can't get more proven than scoring uh, 22 goals and being the second highest uh, scorer of that season. We bought him. Yeah, <laughs> we thank got you him.
0: very much. Thanks very much. <laughs>
4: (laughs) So when one popped up, we got him and now he's somebody that's not even mentioned in the uh, conversation. It's almost like, well, get rid of him because he's crap as well. There's no patience. There's no looking at the bigger picture and thinking, well, why has not it worked out? Because everybody was expecting Watkins to score more goals than he did in that season. We got 14 and everybody was expecting Ings to get into double figures at least. But we saw what happened. You know, that pre-season was all fucked up because of COVID. Then there was the injuries and all these players that uh, Smith had been bought in, a lot of them were late in the window. Yeah. Uh, some of them were injured. So he had no, you know, it took it months and months. I don't know. Did he even a- ever play his strongest
0: eleven? I don't remember. Barely ever. And then, but and and if it was, Watkins, it was um, well into the season. Yeah. Both Watkins and Ings both had children. It's not massive excuses, but it will have had a bearing on their intensity, certainly on their sleep. Well,
4: they're both injured as yeah. well. Yeah. Yep.
0: Danny, from what I you know, from what I mentioned through a pal of mine who's been working with him, he said he, he didn't really get up, you know his stats weren't where he wanted to be in terms of things like goal weight, fitness, all that sort of stuff. Till about March, yeah. So preseason this year is big,
4: yeah, and I expect an increase in levels pretty much throughout the team. Yeah, and the good news was with Watkins, which the more I think about it, was more impressive, even in a season that a lot of people have written off and was frustrating uh, for him and he wasn't, you know, excelling, didn't really have any highlights, was the fact that he still managed to get into double figures and, uh, you know, still scored for England. And that's in a bad season, that's like, well, that's that's a good sign. He's still, you know, he's still chipping in. And, uh, you know, once the wind changes uh, and is behind him, then uh, I think he will uh, rock on stronger. And he's only 26 as well, by the way.
0: I think he's in for a big season. Yeah. You know, I
4: can't think of anybody attainable that uh, I would prefer.
0: And I I much prefer the process of levelling at what we've got with guys who know the team, know the squad, no, no, the, the overall system. I and mean, to bring somebody in brand new and starting afresh and you know, it's just like get the best out of what we've got.
4: Oh, we did forget somebody, uh by the way, when we were talking about Keenan Davis. Might you know, he could potentially be a, you know, offer something different in that fourth striker role. Wesley? What about Wesley? What about Big Wes? <laughs> the redemption season.
0: <laughs> Will he get a chance to you know try and knock someone out in preseason again? That is the big question. <laughs>
4: uh they're struggling with him aren't they because they really are. uh, he's gone to two let's say uh teams that if he was any good well there's a two way you might not be motivated but at the same time you know this is an opportunity to get back so you, you better be motivated and he and he hasn't impressed whatsoever back home in brazil and also in belgium you know as what happens uh, in preseason all of all your uh, assets come back to you so uh, gerard will get a look at big wes maybe unless Yeah. what what do you
5: think about wes obviously the injury wrecked his career i mean i think it's safe to say that that's took about 3 seasons out of him but gerard does have Experience in managing an awkward or like a temperamental striker and Morelos or Rangers. So you think the temperament of Wesley and a Morellis could be pretty similar. Jared got a tune out of him. If he sees something in
4: Wesley that he can, he can use, I mean, he could be an option on the bench. You just don't know. Because he's, he's 25, so he's still young. I mean, he's lost a couple of seasons. He wasn't useless. No, he just he had rough edges to, to smooth off. <laughs>
0: Who, who, uh, who? If you were keeping one of them, if you were going to keep, if you wanted a target man in your squad, would you have Davis or Wesley?
4: Well, I'm thinking for for the situation they would play in, you could build a system more around Davis. But I think in an impact situation where he's actually going to see game time, it's going to be like the last ten minutes. So I don't think some of Davis's attributes necessarily in play. I think kind of Wesley is a bit more of a goal scorer. Probably get on his head on the ball a bit more. If Wesley can sort his shit out, then I would probably uh, give Wesley a redemption chance. But I mean, he seems to be far out. I don't know if he's if 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 it's like he's been kryptonited and he's lost all his ability or what. I, th-
0: I think as well. I, I don't. I don't like the idea of having Wesley blocking the pathway for Archer.
4: Well, no, we're, we're talking as a fourth and you know that kind of big man option, yeah. something different. I'm, I'm not bringing him on, uh, you know. If you're chasing the game, I would bring Archer on because he he might be the one chance, one goal uh, mm-hmm.
0: specialist. It would be interesting to see what he what he thinks he wants to do. Because as I said, the the profit and loss thing on, you know, Davis is going to be a heck of a lot of profit. Wesley's going to be a massive loss. Yeah, because you're in a situation if make that anything on him, you might have to release him.
4: What you're saying about didn't want him to be in front of Archer, uh, that's the same if, if you buy another player in as well. Mm-hmm. So, it'd probably be better to go with what you've got in a fourth role we're talking about. Yeah, we're not yeah, talking yeah, 100%. about a you know, strike. I don't, I don't think we'll start a strike over. Yeah, I would be surprised to get anybody. Because uh, you've also, you're looking at Bailey. Yeah. You're looking at Troy. Uh, Troy might. Stick around, you don't know, because you know we got to fill a bench. We, I mean, as, okay, as I said, in a, as I said in a previous pod, there is that kind of uh tendency to look at that first eleven and then judge who you need and whatever because of that. But we're in a different ball game now. If we need to get up there, we need a we need a proper squad. And also, you know, this is how the big boys play, and this is why they've been c- requesting five substitutes. So uh the fact that those two can play down the middle as well. Gives you that fourth striker option if you need it. Because it, we're not talking about, you shouldn't be chucking 20, 30, 40, 50 million at a fourth striker, put it that way.
5: No, you look at Liverpool and what, Origi, what he plays three or four games a
0: season, two against Everton because yeah. he always
5: scores against them and then
0: just European <laughs> Cup finals. I mean, he's the example, isn't he? If you, can have a, if you can have a player who you trust that when called upon, He'll do the job. Brilliant. We we haven't had too many of those at Villa in recent. You're talking years. about Wesley, <laughs> or any, or even <laughs> Keenan Davis. You just want guys on that bench to know they've got a defined role, and if they come on, they'll do it. Yeah, Frederick Gilbert. I think that's one where you know he comes back for
4: pre-season, but uh, shop window. It's uh, it doesn't seem like he's happy to uh, be the. Uh, the backup right back. I
0: wouldn't have thought so, but he'll, he'll know where he sits in the pecking order.
4: But he couldn't wait to get it. I mean, he's been out to France a few times now. Uh, I think if... Uh, but he surely it's a bit of a, uh, a Trezeguet situation where the country that they've gone been loaned to, that's the league that they're hope, hoping to kind of offload to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they would be looking for a French suitor there well from what what it looks like he's performed pretty well for Strasbourg
5: when he's been there so there is yeah, hope
4: yeah but you know we've we, we know about the French farmers league in terms of uh, but I, I i don't know i never had a problem with him as a right back deadly silence there no I, silence.
0: I have I've, no problems with him because you know that the reality is cash is going to get either injuries or suspensions in a season um if if he's if he is happy to stay at villa so but very similar in my view on him to someone like target if he was happy to stay brilliant if he's not just make sure you're well covered. But would he make would he make a a matchday squad with nine subs better than maybe having a younger lad who's maybe not quite ready, perhaps? Or would you rather yeah.
5: have another season at Ashley Young? I, I think, I, I think
0: we would probably get that anyway. He's but he's on. He's going to be on the bench with Chambers probably as your utility players who can fill multiple yeah. positions. He's not a specialist.
4: Yeah, because you just got to remember, uh, Young played in, did actually play in a few positions last season, and uh, I have no uh, problem with that. The young situation. I mean, again, people you know writing Young off just like you know. Sometimes he was all right in terms of uh, across the team. He was one of our better performance in some games.
0: And I, and I like his personality. Everything that you've heard from Gerard says he's a he's a great professional. I've used the word conduit numerous times, but you need that guy who can be the go between between the young lads and the senior players, and then the the staff. You need. And that he was the only one playing the game with the refs and getting in their yeah. faces as
4: well, Big which time. we need more more of because we're always victims of that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I have no problem with uh, young coming in uh, on, a, on a on a one more season kind of utility role because he's you know he's useful in a in a bench in nine for sure right anything else Uh, i suppose there's the sanson situation sanson very similar to gilbert i would say well well, i think you've said it before i think you need another midfielder you need another one in there yeah i think they're in terms of levels i think they're kind of all a bit samey and you just need one and this includes i think it would stamp on the head of McGinn as well but just somebody just the profile where you know we're not going to get ransacked when we're 2-0 up you know we're not going to get bullied you know that if we're 2-0 up it's pretty much game dusted because Mm -hmm. you're going to have to go through uh you know we've talked about even if it's like so just somebody with know-how you know we mentioned the kind of the guy that would have like the the henderson type role you know the kind of captain know-how probably not your most exciting player but uh just consistent and reliable
0: i'm i'm really interested um to see what happens with Young Gallagher, obviously at Chelsea, who was at Palace last year, I think he could potentially fit a profile very well in terms of an upgrade. But I think you'd probably have to get multiple players out the door to make that deal happen. But I think he's a player for the future and a player for the here and now. He would probably give McGinn a really push. McGinn hard. I,
4: li- I, I, I like him. I like his yeah. I like his effervescence, and it's a bit more. Uh, I don't know. Is it a bit more direct than McGinn?
0: He's certainly more controlled, isn't he? He was fantastic on the ball in that game at Villa Park at the end of the season.
4: Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of his football insider bullshit stories about McGinn and uh, always oh he's a bad influence, blah blah. This is let's, Total let's try bollocks. To be, can tabloid bullshit McGinn and a bad influence if, yeah, by every- the way if you're clicking on anything from the football insider you need you know you need to retire from football i think as a <laughs> as a fan and you need your finger your fingers cut off to stop you clicking anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you're just it. wasting your time they, they are basically you are they're just using you as cattle for uh clickbait for for ad revenue really but uh but yeah McGinn, i'm 50 million yeah thanks very much but but the thing is that nobody's going to give you fifty million from again. Nope. That's the secret. That's the secret. Spurs don't need him. They wouldn't
0: buy him. Well, they went and they went and bought. Uh, they went and bought Bissouma, didn't they? And Bentacore. <laughs> they just buy the midfielders that we need and want. But no, uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're looking like they'll be a good side. Spurs.
4: Uh, yeah, you, uh, I remember when you. Who was it? Dan Rogers said in the last show uh, that because uh, they're hamstrung by their stadium and they can't buy any players. That was like what? <laughs> well, they
0: got they got a big chunk of investment, didn't they?
4: They just buy the players that we need.
0: Well, they got given 150 million in finance.
4: Yeah, they they haven't got a problem, and they're in the bloody Champions League as well. I think that's so, probably yeah. why they
0: realised. Great, do you know what? We're in the uh, we're back on the gravy train. Let's. Yeah, maybe they didn't even
4: expect. I mean, obviously they got Conte and they they they've got a, an agenda and ambition, but. Uh,
0: Arsenal were in the box seat, weren't they, for a long time? I and think a lot of let's you. say,
4: yeah, outsiders looking in like ourselves probably are surprised that Spurs managed to get back in that top table. Yep. And for, you know, fair play to taking the advantage of the situation.
0: Spurs were Spursy then; they don't look quite so much now. You look at them and you think they're actually they're, they're developing a steeliness and Conte yeah. getting them. They'll knock yeah. them right into shape. Who knows what? for how long? But he will knock them into shape in the short term. Yeah, he
5: will it, be off after this season. Yeah. yeah, it all comes from Conte, doesn't it? There's he goes spurs or back to being spurs mm-hmm. yeah
4: right for people who have managed to get to the end of this show uh let's uh let's have a bit of retro chic shall we let's pull out the scott hogan touch count challenge one more time because he, he's he's back on the international stage i thought he was done and dusted in fact, you look at the Irish team and... Okay. Any, you've got, anyone
0: can play for them at the moment. It's, at the it's like
4: an Aston Villa graveyard. It's Endor Stevens, it's Callum Robinson, it's Connor Hoorahan, it's
0: uh, Scott Hogan. Steve Staunton's but, even rumoured to be coming out of retirement. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but uh, I can't even remember how the, uh, the Scott Hogan touch count challenge uh, went. Is it three rounds? It was three rounds. It shouldn't be, though. Yeah, we can't remember the rules, but let's do it. So, okay. so Scott Hogan resurrected from the dead... We know where he is. He'd be he basically playing for a graveyard team. So zombie hugging? He's uh, played for Ireland against the Ukraine in a recent international friendly. Wow. So uh, question is, how many touches did he have? He, he actually started the game. Good Lord. How long did he last? He managed to get to 56 minutes.
0: Oh dear, and they hooked him. And then he was hooked. Right, okay. Who's started? So who's going first? As it's closer to you, Phil, you can go first. Well
5: if he started he definitely took he definitely got one cuz he probably took the kick off so I'll go
0: <laughs> 2 <laughs> I'll go 7 Wow I'm going to go uh I'm going to go I'm going to be generous for some stupid reason and say 10 Ooh this is a battle battle royale You're not far off oh,
4: that's the clue I'm going to give you as we go into the second round That's both of you Phil, by the way I'll go 13 Ooh Phil's just let loose there I'm going to go 11 <laughs> <sighs> I'm writing these down. So, Lasco still very close. Uh, nothing really uh, shaking in terms of clues here. Uh, can I give you any clue? Uh, let me have a look. Yeah, well, the only, only clue is he had less touches than uh, Conor Horahan, who came on in the 66th minute and managed to have more touches than Scott Hogan did. Wow, okay. Phil? Doubled him, in fact. Over-doubled. Oof. Bloody hell. I On go the other way then. Nine. He's got
0: it! I was, was going to go for nine. It, it, felt, it felt obvious. He's
4: got it. Bud was in the lead there. He had the closest ones. It's like curling, isn't it? Where Bud surrounded that
0: puck and then... Phil just launched one. Wipes Launches out. one, wipes everything out. Nine touches. That was a good one when we were recording a podcast during the curling. That was a, that was a frightfully <laughs> tense oh, yeah. evening, wasn't it? <laughs> scrub,
1: scrub, scrub!
4: Uh, Callum Robinson... Uh, came on for Scott Hogan. Oh, okay.
0: Just out of interest. How many touches did he have? Um, and he came in, what, 50, 55 minutes or something? 56, 56 minutes. 56 minutes, right, okay, so he's playing.
4: So he had 34 minutes okay. compared to Scott Hogan's 56. Since there's no football on, we're in pre-season, well, let's go with this Callum Robinson challenge. Chris Bird, go first. 13. Feel sure. 18. Ooh, second round. Uh, go again, I'll give you a clue on the final round if you
0: need it. What was the final score, by the way? 18. It was one all. Oh so it was a tight game, right, okay. Uh t- twelve.
4: Just seeing who scored for the Irish. Nathan Collins. Twelve, he says. He did say that. What was your first uh, go?
0: Was it thirteen? Phil, what did you say? I said eighteen, I think. Yeah, I think I said fourteen.
4: Right, okay. Well we'll get uh, you said twelve, thirteen, you said eighteen. Phil, second go. Seven. Oh, you fucking up my clue there. I was <laughs> going to say I had it all, all, ready to deliver, and that's just fucked up my clue completely. Right, where are we? We are. uh oh, he clearly wasn't very really good. Would well, you want a clue? I'll have, i have a clue. What, what, one of you is four out uh 11 and now the final go from phil shaw three does he know he's callum Is callum robinson that bad? <laughs> three it can be three. Oh, oh he's gone for three callum robinson uh hyperactive game compared to uh, scott hogan <laughs> uh, 22 touches wow. so uh, phil L. shaw with 18 uh, gets as close as you can get Uh wow but the contrast there, just shows, shows Scotty you Hogan's who's lazy just keeping up his <laughs>
0: keeping up appearances. Any good lord?
4: Anyway, that was a uh, special guest appearance from the uh, Scott Hogan Touch Count Challenge. Uh, just because uh, he's back up to his old tricks again, so it was worth a mention.
0: Not back with a bang, but he's back.
4: Right. Well, I think uh, Gerard's coming back off his sun lounger soon, so uh, pre season will uh, kick off and we'll be up and running again. Are you off uh, to the Warsaw game?
0: I am. I'll be at the Poundland, dodging (laughs) pillars. Mad for it. Right, I need to get some water.
4: This heat is dragging me down, so uh, have fun until uh, the next show in the sun. I think it's raining this weekend for all those Glastonbury people. But uh, until we meet again, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs)